Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Uh, where I was set to preach and then all of a sudden we had an epic opportunity to have a voice in the room that I felt like we needed and God brought into alignment. And some of you guys, I've posted a little bit about it, some of you guys may be familiar uh, with Pastor Arthur's story. A pastor from Canada, he and his wife Marzena, who's with us right here in the front row. Pastor Marzena and Pastor Arthur, pastor a church in Canada, and they were heavily persecuted, jailed, imprisoned, harassed. We're gonna hear more about that this morning. Uh, powerful story. And then their son, Nathaniel, is with us this morning as well. He's gonna join my wife and I as we have some conversations, hear more about what uh, they walk through and the current uh, kind of message in their heart as well. Um, but Pastor Artie, you're like, okay, that's cool. Where's where's he? Well, he's in Canada on house arrest uh, because because of the gospel. And so that's kind of the reality. And uh, so sometimes you think, thank you guys. Um, sometimes you think uh, persecution is just something that happens in maybe China right now or Afghanistan or somewhere where it feels more extreme. But we're talking about Canada. And uh, I'm gonna read this scripture and then we're gonna watch um, a little bit of a highlight video that sort of shows some of the the key arrests and then we're gonna invite these two to join us and we're gonna we're gonna talk through and I really believe God's gonna minister life courage hope uh, I want you to be ready to see the challenge right from heaven as well this morning let me read this verse out of Matthew 5 blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And this is Jesus talking. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I feel a fitting verse uh, for you. Marzena, your husband, your family, as you guys have, have walked through uh, a wild season, to put it mildly, okay? So uh, why don't you guys grab a seat, and then uh, we're gonna turn our eyes to the screen real quickly. We're gonna watch this short overview, and then we'll jump up and have a conversation. Pastor Arter Pawlowski, you may remember the name. He went viral in the early days of COVID up in Canada, for shooing away some health authorities and calling them Nazis. Get out of this property immediately. A policeman in a supposedly civilized country busting into an Easter service and attempting to close it down. The holiest Christian festival in a year and they're coming to intimidate Christians. I grew up under communist dictatorship behind the Iron Curtain under the brute of the Soviets. It was like a black, uh, you know, flashback when those police officers showed up at my church. Everything kind of came back. So, as per the injunction that was served on uh, Arthur here and uh, David back I was told I am under arrest on two warrants for my arrest, one for officiating a church service in June and another one for not wearing a mask. Guys, this is not communist China. Don't you guys have family and kids? Uh, so I was on a speaking tour for four months. I decided to come back and of course, I landed in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, only to be greeted by masked gangsters because I can't even say they're officers of the law. Look what they're doing to me. If you will not rise up and come to our help, uh, uh, you're next. 
aș mâi porcătura. Da, ce nu? Ai mi tata. See, that's what's happening when you're living in China. Now. Hey, don't resist! No, he's not resisting. He's a criminal, bastard. You know what his charges were? You call that crime? Uh, but I did what every shepherd right now on the planet Earth should be doing: fend off the wolves. We as lions should never bow before the hyenas, and that's what they are right now. All right. Wow. Unbelievable. Bressie Campus, could you help me welcome Pastor Marzana and her son Nathaniel? Come on up. Welcome. Sorry. You guys sit over there. Babe, sorry. This was very complicated. We figured it out. Okay. We can do hard things. Yeah, we can do hard things. This is the first of many. Thanks for not inviting me to those. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> those are awesome. I love you guys' Murphs out there. Uh, Marzana, Nathaniel, thank you for joining us. And uh, I just want to, first of all, just uh, we want to honor you um, uh, for leading the way, you and your husband, standing strong. I remember when some of those clips, you guys remember when you began to see some of those those clips surfacing, uh, the absolute insanity. And uh, so I think just right off the get-go, we want to honor your guys' faith and your courage. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we are so honored and privileged to have you guys. I was sitting as a non-family member. That's hard to watch for me. Um, I can only imagine as a wife and a son, we're so thankful to have you and have a little bit of your story and your courage uh, for our church community today. But um, we were in the green room earlier today, just kind of hearing a little bit about your background story. You'll hear a little accent in Pastor Archer's um, in, when he speaks. And so obviously he didn't grow up in Canada. You guys didn't grow up in Canada. You obviously made Canada your home for specific reasons. Maybe you could share a little bit of that because the state of Canada as of this moment, did you ever imagine that Canada would look like it does right now, that your husband would experience being a criminal pastor and being arrested? So maybe you can share a little bit about your background. And Thank you. Um, yes, we, we emigrated from Poland uh, to Canada through Greece uh, for better future. Um, at that time, Canada was was Christian nation. We received the Bible at the time of uh, of, of uh, arrival, pretty much, wow. and and dominion from sea to sea. All those, all those, it's it's wonderful country. And let me tell you, about 25 years ago, uh, our bishop. Uh, at that time in Polish church, it came and he said, from now on, you're not allowed to preach to our pastor, we were elders at the time, uh, about those topics, uh, divorce, homosexuality, abortion, abortion wow. uh, because you're going to lose your charitable status. And we knew with our husband that this is beginning of end. And the saddest part is that the church complied and obey. They obeyed. And if you ask me why we are where we are, this is how they got the church on a leash. And that's why they could put muzzle on us. The, as simple as this, it, it started back then. And for, for about 20 years, we were all, an, all alone. Uh, they were calling us names. So you guys uh, didn't comply with those directives? Uh, when those beginning directives? Uh, as, as in the beginning, pastor was very careful. Uh, at that time, God called us full-time into ministry, and we couldn't comply. Uh, that simple truth, one day we received the letters about 15 years ago, I believe, and uh, the government of Canada said, you lost your charitable uh, status because you preach negatively 
about homosexuality, divorce, and abortion. So negatively, if we would say, if we would preach not negatively, if we would endorse sin, you know, the, our prize begin began back then, back then. And and people loved it what we what we did uh, four times at that time four times a week now and now we are three times a week we didn't want it to open a regular church uh, uh, at that time we said there are so many empty churches we're going to go with the church to the streets and we had on Sunday regular service uh, communion worship word with the with the uh, homeless and not only. And then, and then, uh, just recently, God said, "Now is the time to build an army." And we 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 opened regular church in a building as well. But all those years, we paid the price. Uh, other pastors would call us names. You know, they are loose cannons and all that. Look at us. We have uh, we have all these beautiful buildings and and equipment and all that. And we were uh, we were those. those but God was God was preparing us for such a time as this. We could, we could pay the price because all those years, all those years, uh, God was preparing us. God was preparing us. You know, that's amazing. How good is that? Wow. Pa- Pastor, what I, what I love what you're saying there is that um, it, it reminds me of our pastors, Pastor and Leanne, in the sense that a lot of people are like, oh, man, how do you, you know, stand up during COVID and resist some of the madness? Well, because they've been doing it for a while, yeah. right? Like uh, a, lot of, a lot of pastors were shell-shocked because they hadn't stood up for truth at all. They were silent. They were compliant. Until all of a sudden now they're come face to face with kind of this 300 pound gorilla of COVIDs and lockdowns and restrictions. And they, they hadn't developed their strength, right? Like they hadn't developed something. And so I think for you guys, maybe even talking about, I mean, for you, this was probably a no brainer. And that, well, it, well, there was some fear, I'm sure. I mean, maybe talk a little bit about that. And even Nathaniel, you can jump in as, as the son in this family. Well, first of all, this didn't start with COVID. This started roughly 16 years ago when my dad was arrested for reading the Bible in a park. Wow. So he, so was, that's, reading, he was reading the Bible in a public park. And that's illegal in Canada? Um, so they passed a bylaw that states you're not allowed to give free goods and services. So if I give you a pamphlet or a Bible, that's giving free, uh, free goods. So that's illegal. So that's actually why he was also arrested for feeding the poor multiple times, because you're not allowed to give free things away. So by reading the Bible, he's, he's breaking the law because he's doing you a service. Um, so the police officer said, the Bible is offensive, I am the law, and you are now arrested. So that was 2006. Wow. I was six years old at the time, wow. uh, witnessing your dad get arrested for uh, reading the Bible. So, so I was sort of, like my mom was saying, we were trained up in this. We saw this long ago, what COVID did, is it exposed their true colors. It showed what everything is about, what was lurking in the background, and now it's all come to light. Now we know their true agenda. Um, But this started long ago. This communist agenda in Canada started years ago. Well, and um, you were talking about your own journey in the university. Maybe we'll jump into that. Because you... Let's talk about the, the slow roll of this because that's one of the things that Pastor Jurgen and Leanne have always said from the jump on all these conversations and what we all try to talk about and why we're trying to kind of shake the tree of the American church to say, wake up, get your eyes on what's going on, be alert to the moment, stand up, don't be silent because um, this stuff comes in little by little. I remember when I was you know, posting a lot of anti-mask stuff. And they're like, oh man, it's just a mask, chill out. I'm like, it's not just a mask, okay? So that principle, but you guys have been in that, fighting that for a while. And even you said going into university, one of the first lessons was with this, all this crap, you know? What's happening in Canada is the fault of the church. So same thing in America. When the church tolerate something, a generation of toleration turns into a generation of celebration. So we've been tolerating. What? 
So we've been tolerating stuff for so many years, and uh, we we know from like Khrushchev, he he says um, there's there's a slow indoctrination process that the communists would use. Uh, Lenin said, "Give me four years, and I'll plant a seed so deep in the ch in the minds of the children, it'll never be able to be uprooted." Um, so this is a slow process, but it's the church's fault. We allowed the Bible to be taken out of schools. We allowed prayer to be taken out of schools. We allowed the Ten Commandments to be taken out of the justice system. And we've been allowing too much. We've replaced, we've taken uh, God out of the state, right? Separation of church and state. And now the state has replaced God, like with any totalitarian regime. Right. The state always has to replace God. There's no room for God. That's why they hate my dad so much, because right. he... He obeys a higher power. He's not going to obey government. There's, right. he won't listen to. That's so true. In every rise of communism, um, you know, even with Hitler, right? Everything's, you have to eliminate anything that could challenge the power of the state, which is God. And that's because of Acts chapter four and five, when the apostles are asked, or they ask a question, who are we to serve, God or man? So when man contradicts God and the word of God, who are you to obey, right? Romans 13, obey the, the, the ruling authorities. Uh, but I would ask, would you obey the Nazis? Would you sell out your fellow Jew? Would right. you be obeying the government at that time? No, when the, when the ruling government contradicts the word of God, you have no choice, as in chapter five. I don't know if you know this, we stand a lot, so. So I'm gonna try to keep getting you time to speak, but I just, we're getting hyped, we're getting hyped. <laughs> so, but when you stand for God's law and contradict man's law, that means arrest, that means tickets. You know, we have these cliches in Christianity, I would die for Jesus, I would die for God. Would you even get a ticket? Leave for him. Would you even get a ticket? Would you get a $50 ticket? I think most people wouldn't. I don't think they would, and I know this for a fact because the pastors in Canada shut down, bent the knee, and when they said, we're gonna stand for you, pastors, and then the police came, and they ran faster than the roadrunner, right? Oh. <laughs> right, so nobody wants to pay that, but they don't wanna live for God. You think you're gonna die for God? Wow. I don't think so. That is so good. Um, they, were they were using self-control so they didn't stand up again and eat more of your time because this is so incredible. Progress. Progress. Um, but you were, you were sharing a little bit about the indoctrination. We kind of were leading into it, and I love the tangent that we went on, actually. But I want to bring us back to that because what you were sharing, uh, you go to a public university, and you were chatting about your first day in school and what your professor, uh, his agenda and just some of the stuff. We, we've expressed that and explained that and had lots of different people on our platform express that. But as a student of a university, I want you to share a little bit about your experience. Yeah, so it is, as I was mentioning, I went on a tangent. It is a slow process, um, and it starts with the youth. It starts with the school system, and my university, I mean, most universities, even in the States, I've, I've, I've met with students, and they say it's pretty much the same here. There's a socialist agenda, there's a communist agenda, and on my first day of school, I had to take an elective, so I was like, okay, well, I'll take sociology. That sounds, sounds interesting, I'll take this sociology class. And first day, the, the professor says, I'm a socialist, if you don't like it, get out. Wow. And that wasn't the, the only thing. I've had diversity classes, mandatory diversity classes, uh, human relation classes, this and that. And in every single one of these classes, they teach you socialism is good, but they do it sneakily. They'll say, you know, we have to embrace community values. There's so much un inequity in this, in this country. Um, you know, they, they teach critical race theory, but for us, it's not African-Americans, it's indigenous people. So white man bad, poor indigenous people feel guilty for the atrocities of the past. And, which is, first of all, I'm Polish, I, my first generation, I have nothing to do with that. Why do I have to feel guilty for something that happened hundreds of years ago? But they teach you, you're, you're bad. You're bad because of your skin color. It's, it's racism. And they teach you socialism. They teach you, we have to embrace all these um, sociological frameworks. But when you read into it, it's just so, it's socialism. So they do it sneakily, but once they get you on that hook, they are very open about it. 
Marxism, good. Communism, good. Once they get you in that first class, and then they start teaching you the broader, um, more radical ideologies. But they do it, and they're pretty open about it. You know, it's, it's one of the saddest things that we're not learning from history very well. That we continue to circle back to the same ideologies um, that failed us and other nations many, many times have brought great tragedy. And Pastor uh, Marzena, you were talking about how when you, uh, when you have intentionally escaped a nation like that in Poland, the communism there, maybe even talk about that a bit. Your husband literally like his escape from Poland, right, to, to get out of there, like you said you can smell it for 20 years ahead. You know what I mean? Like you can just sense that. And I think that's why God calls people like, like us and, and here in US as well. People are coming from all those different countries and, and uh, you ask yourself why? Maybe I should stay by, but home, uh, back home. Uh, but now from perspective, you see then our, our experience and the way we, we brought up, uh, we can see it, we can fight for this nation, you can, you can fight from US. And if, if I want to, if I, if I can leave you with something is teach your children history. This is what we did. Uh, in, in Canada, uh, they teach only, only very corrupted Canadian history. Uh, children doesn't they don't, they don't know much about about European history uh, here in US as well. You I know you teach uh, you teach very well your 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 American history, but what about the rest? Not really, but not really, not really. But but what about the rest? Uh, when, when you talk with average American, they 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 don't know, and this is so crucial. This is so crucial because you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you came from. And to learn from the mistakes of the past. And, and this, is, this, is, this is what we are doing right now, uh, right now in Canada. Yeah. We, we often go to, uh, we're from Poland, so we often go to visit Auschwitz-Birkenau, the concentration camp. And on the wall it says, if you don't know history, you're condemned to repeat it. And you have to understand, that was only 78 years ago. That was only 78 years ago where they were murdering and butchering people. You really think people have evolved so much that they're not capable of tyranny? They're not capable to be dictators? You have to know history because human nature is quite predictable. We keep repeating the same history. So we know exactly what they're planning on doing, what they want to do, because we know what they've done before. Tyrant's always right. We have dictatorships nowadays. Well, you think your government's not capable of that because you have a piece of paper? I'm telling you right now, we have a constitution. The government doesn't care about a piece of paper. You have to care about that piece of paper. Well, one second. Ask, ask that in a second. Amen. Uh, I probably would be in jail like your dad if not for that piece of paper, but it is a thin piece of paper. Uh, that there, is a, there is a difference, like, uh, that is one of the things I am thankful for, the foresight of the founders of this great nation. It, when the pressure cooker came on this planet, and I think maybe people kind of thought, well, Canada, America, Australia, all pretty much the same. We found out pretty quickly that America's constitution had a different strength than Canada and Australia, who became literally uh, instantly able to oppress at will without any resistance. But if America doesn't uh, understand how far we have come from our founders, um, we could become next in line to a similar type of response. So I think our, you guys are a great reminder. Um, the, the, and I want to get into a couple elements of your story here in our time, but you're a great reminder that we can't just think like, oh, we're good. Like I said, oh, we got this constitution. Oh, we got some laws that protect us. No, there's, 
we, we have to be mindful of the slide that we've gotten because who would have, again, who would have assumed we'd be sitting here. These aren't, even though you're originally from Poland, these are pastors from Canada. Passive, calm, chill, non-confrontational Canada is arresting and treating a pastor who cares about people feeding the poor, treating him worse than murderers and criminals. And, uh, and so th- this, is, this is insane, right? Like what we're experiencing right now. So what happened, uh, when my husband was here last, last year, uh, I was listening his, his speeches and, 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 and preaching, and I said, Arthur, you're really repeating yourself. But he would, he would say, because he had this understanding that American is power, has a powerful church. The way, the way you run church, you understand power of unity. Uh, you understand that the message has to go out there. So every church is broadcasting. And, and really, uh, one of the reasons why we are here, we wanted to, to tell you thank you and keep doing what you're doing. We, we had this understanding with Arthur that, that we're going to need neighbors in this hour. Yeah. We're going to need you. So uh, they really wanted to use this opportunity in Canada with this globalistic agenda uh, to shut down the churches. And uh, partially they succeeded, but because of people like, like, like my husband, and other pastors, it's not so easy. And right now, let me tell you, majority of phone calls we received it was from United States to our city officials, government officials. Wow. And they, they were so upset. Thank you. They were so upset, they would say, they would say, because those, those reports would come back to us and they would say, why are you even Americans care? Why you keep bothering uh, us? Now we are bothering them. You bothering them. Uh, and they would say, because we care. You arrested one of us. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, wow. I want you to understand. Yes, we are from Canada. Yes, you, you, you are here. But it matters what happens next door. Yeah. It really matters. <laughs> it really does. Who is your neighbor? really matters. I, I ask uh, at Greg's Loki uh, church, I ask, uh, I ask the security guys, why you have so, so much security? Is this even necessary? Uh, and he says, yes, we are under serious threat. And then I had this great idea to ask him question, how are neighbors like you? And he said, why are you asking? They don't. <laughs> They, they would blast speakers, they would do this and that, and I won't even mention that here. It matters who is your neighbor. Right. And right now, and, and, and right now, Canada, it's not your friend, it's not your ally. It's not your ally. We have Chinese troops in Canada. The, the people are. People the are. People are, but the government is anti-American. It's anti-Canadian, so what you, they're very anti-American. Uh, in fact, they hate you. Everything they do is against you. And we've been sold out to China. We have troops training in our province, fighter jets with them training in the mountains. Like, why? That's, that's treason. Right. But they're doing it. So you should be very wary of what's going on in Canada because, one, it's a national security threat, and, two, they're persecuting the church. What they do to one of us, they do to all of us. That's um, very good. And, and like... Like my dad saw communism and this, uh, growing up, he sees the signs in Canada. Us growing up now, me growing up in Canada now, I see the signs here. So that's also why we're here to warn you, scare you a little bit, that I already see the signs of what's going on in Canada here. A few pastors of here I've heard about also were arrested in, in America for taking a stand, ticketed, harassed. I mean, I'm not even gonna mention your government, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. Biden's is like this, I, I don't even wanna go there. Yeah. So what's yeah, happening? We, what's happening here? We we have we have a, a hostile takeover. I don't know who's controlling Biden right now. Some pup, puppet ear. That guy doesn't even know where he is. But this is happening here, 
And my dad's message when he was touring was, if you don't take a stand now, if you don't start flapping your wings, he likes his metaphors, lions, hyenas, right? So if you don't start flapping your wings, like the American eagle that you are, you're gonna be like Canada, you're gonna be like China, and it's coming here. Stand up. Amen. You know, I think, I think with um, everything that you're saying, you know, uh, Katie was talking about the parenting dynamic here. Uh, I think what you can see as well is the product of courage uh, you are, right? Growing up with your parents around. So I, I want to honor mom and dad here. Um, Yeah, a lot of a lot of us have children, college children, younger than that, young babies. You could see this morning. I'm curious, as a mother, obviously you came and you've seen communism. What are the things that you implemented to make sure to raise a student and a child and a champion like you have that knows history, that can sniff out communism, socialism, like you trained him up? What are some of those things that you and your husband did to raise your children? Because he's one of three, right? Yes, so we have 17 years old and 13 years old. And let me tell you, it's, it's not easy. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's longer history, but you have to juggle uh, to protect your children, yet to teach them, to stand. So uh, I don't know how everybody are different, but this is, this is the way I did it. Very early, early we could we could recognize that whatever God called us, it's it's not normal. <laughs> it's different, and I decided to be to be uh, to be back. Uh, so uh, he has very very strong testimony. I have very strong testimony, but I would always I would be. Don't get me wrong. We were all together in it. But you won't, some people don't know even how I look. You, I don't have a Facebook. I would not fight for a, for a pulpit. So I, I, I run so many things and sometimes my mother would ask me, I have to look through, through Streeter's pictures and I can't find you because I'm the one making them. I'm the one behind the camera. I'm there, I'm there always. Uh, if uh, we we write speeches together and and we strategize together, I'm there, but at the same time I manage to be uh, to be invisible, sort of speak. Uh, 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 back then it was from uh, from security point of view. Uh, I knew it. I I really need to raise uh, uh, raise uh, raise raise my children. So you put more of a focus on home. Uh, is what you're saying. Mini- you're behind the scenes. Yes, from ministry, a- ministry as well, but in such a way that they would not attack me. They would attack my husband. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to delete my Facebook whoa, right now. Hey, babe. <laughs> it's been real fun, guys. Don't begin any ideas. Later. Senator Sam, go there. <laughs> it was, it was oh, kind boy. of... Interview's it was, over. I'm just kidding. It was kind of, honey, go and fight... And when you want it, I will help you to patch the, the boo-boo, you know? <laughs> so, but let me tell you, uh, even the even recent, uh, recent uh, arrest, we had a family meeting, uh, and, and it was hard. I'm not going to even pretend that it wasn't hard. Uh, we were protesting in, a f- in front of jail. So Arthur's brother was visiting mother that had uh, heart surgery, open heart surgery. Uh, all that pressure, all that pre- pressure, we knew it, she can, she can die. And my husband would never even hold her hand and say, say goodbye. So we prayed even harder. Uh, surgery was successful and all that. Uh, yet, yet you have 17 years old and 13 years old that you have to ask and talk because better talk and ask now than uh, to hear uh, later on. And they would always say, mom, we are really okay, we are fine. But as a mother, I know that this experience is, is building their identity and I have to have this trust 
that if my children are going to stay with the Lord, they're going to be mighty men and women. Uh, so I don't 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 get me wrong. I I didn't focus hundred percent for past twenty years of uh, on my children. No, we were running with the Lord. We were running wherever God called us to do, and 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 I have this understanding that. Either they like it or not, they are watching you guys. They're watching us. They are watching us. Yeah. And, and even though it feels many times that I have to pull their leg to come to the church or to meeting, and we do we have to. <laughs> it, 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 I have to have this trust that one day they're going to wake up. Because I know they are cold. They don't know it yet. And that, <laughs> that's the, they don't know it yet. That's the problem. It's not easy. It, this is not normal. I'm sorry. This is not the thing normal. Was like, hey, I'm no. right here. <laughs> but this is not normal to send your son in front of jail and to have this understanding that they can taser him, they can shoot him. That's Canadian po uh, police. Uh, they can put him uh, next to my husband's cell. That all, all of that. Uh, as a, as, a, as a woman, we have this huge power to say to our son, our daughter, uh, because, because courage doesn't have a gender. With that one, I will agree. Courage doesn't have a gender. But we have, as a, as a, as a, as a wives, we have this extreme power to say to our husband, honey, whatever you do, I want you to know that, that I'm there for you. And, and, and this, is, this is huge because I know a lots of wives, yeah. uh, wives that, would, that would tell their husband, don't you dare stick out. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Uh, or when your son comes from un uh, university and say, uh, or daughter, mom, I'm going to take a sign because I don't agree with this and peacefully I'm going to protest. And very wisely you would say, you know all that money. We invested in you and your father having two jobs. Uh, you, you better be careful. You know they may they may throw you out. This is how we. This is how we, I'm not. I don't think this is. We don't do this consciously. We do this subconsciously. Uh, it's not even manipulation. This is how we. This is our nature. Woman, mother, mama bear. Uh, but we have to realize that we live in times that we have to allow our husbands to stick out. Yeah. Allow it. And, and uh, when, when my husband was in jail, uh, and in all those commotions, after he came out, I realized that God was preparing us for this uh, for many years. Yes, but also the recent the dreams you have, the songs you sing, the people that God would uh, give you for such a time as this. And, and, and you would say, wow, you were with me all the step on the way. So good. Wow. He is good, amen. In, in, in short, to answer your question, it's lead by example. Yeah, it's there you go. It's lead by example. Yeah. And... and you know, witnessing 16 arrests throughout the years, over 350 tickets, harassment, like persecution, like Antifa trying to burn down your house, um, unscrewing the bolts on our cars, slashing our tires, like all of that, watching that growing up, all of this, that's what raises you and not, not giving into it, Yeah. right? My dad's still standing, no matter all the bullets that were flying his way. And those bullets would ricochet off of him and hit us. Right, our whole family was hit with those ricochets, but us, him saying, we're standing, we're standing, no matter what, all the problems financially, uh, physically, you know, the threats of jail, the hundreds of thousands of dollars for lawyers, the, right now we're facing tickets ranging from $50 up to a million dollars, all of it, but still standing, because we trust that no matter what, he, he, and he taught us this, my mom taught us this, that no matter what, God is going to provide that, God is going to be with us, God is going to... Yeah. Take care of everything. Amazing. Well, we're going to, I, I want to give everybody an opportunity um, to stay in touch with you guys.
as well as um, on the on the giving app at the end of the service here. You know, you're giving drop down Bressy regular like regular like offerings, but then there's also a drop down that says Bressy guest speaker. Okay. So at the end, uh, when we're kind of closing out, I want to give you guys an opportunity. We're obviously going to bless them, but I want to give you guys an opportunity to sow an offering into their family, into their lives, their ministry, getting behind what they're doing and spreading this truth, this message, and supporting. A couple of things I want to ask, I just out of curiosity, when you guys go back to Canada, are you guys going to get arrested? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you don't, don't hope know. you are. But. We don't know. We don't think so. Um, we got here legally. We got here. Uh, actually, your border is closed to the unclean. So we had to get an exemption, and we're on government inv- invitation from the state of Ohio. So we got an exemption to get in. So we, got every- we did everything legally, but when we go back, we're going to refuse the uh, mandatory quarantine, the mandatory passport, the mandatory test, the mandatory tracking app. So we're going to refuse all that, and most likely we'll receive a pretty big fine, but nobody has been prosecuted or convicted of that ticket. They always get thrown out, so it's a scare tactic by the government, but we're probably going to get that when we... But I want you to know and uh, that it, the government of Canada is watching very closely what we say and what we do here. So I, I ask few pastors if you want to address government of Canada, they are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Testing, testing. Okay. Okay. Return. Return to your roots, Canada. Same with our nation. Mr. Trudeau, enjoy your vacations, maskless, and all that good stuff. You you know, honestly, um, we're we're fighting similar battles in our own nation uh, of of where our government's at. But going back to what you said, it's the church, church's fault. And, and that is, that's a collective responsibility of all of us as believers. It's also a primary responsibility for those God has entrusted as shepherds of his churches. Um, so we, we don't get out of it by going, well, I guess I'm not a pastor, so sweet. Uh, having said that, there is a greater responsibility that God is holding for pastors who have chose to be silent, not just in these last two years, but in these last 20 years, right? Because there has been many moments where there should have been courage, there should have been voice, there should have been resistance, and the little slow fade that has happened. So I, I ask that uh, because... I love that you guys are here, and you're going to go back and not know what you may be facing. So I want us to be praying for them. Um, And what's your guys' website again? Streetchurch.ca. Streetchurch.ca. And you can stay up to speed, stay connected, stay linked in with these guys. Um, And let's keep praying for them. I thought about you guys because to me, This isn't just a government tyranny conversation, although that's what we're kind of facing as a a front. This is a faith conversation. This is a gospel versus the Antichrist message is really what we're dealing with here. And every culture where Christianity has become the persecuted, marginalized group, it starts with the slow erosion of faith because faith in Jesus, faith as him as Lord, as putting our faith in the one true God, like they were saying, is the thing that communist you know, Nazis, you know, whatever regime has always been afraid of because it's the only thing that causes humans to resist an authoritative government is a backbone that comes from a knowledge of that you are a son of something higher than any earthly official that's on earth. So that's where the courage comes from. That's where a backbone comes from to go, I'm a son of the king. I don't care what president, what prime minister, what czar, what leader of any nation. There is no name and no authority higher than the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's Jesus. And so when we serve him, then we become a threat 
to secular godless governments. And, uh, and so we have to continue uh, to call people back to I was thinking about Hebrews, and uh, you, guys, you guys get to be added into the Hebrews 11 Hall of Faith. But it says this, um, uh, what more shall I say? Do I have time to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and Arthur? Come on. And Nathaniel, come on, you legend. What a leader of leaders you are. And the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle, routed foreign enemies, and the entire chapter goes on. It's unbelievable. It says, the world was not worthy of them. And uh, so we honor you guys and are so thankful for your courage and your fight. Uh, we we're, we're want to do everything we can to partner with that. I know as, as a church family, this is probably just the first campus uh, that you guys will have an opportunity to minister to. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, Pastor Jurgen, when he wanted to get you guys here, he knows that Katie and I are at the forefront of fighting against the overreach of government, the secularization of the church, and they knew that Bresci campus would be a spot that would be ready to celebrate you guys and honor you guys. But, but our whole church needs to hear more and more of this, and so we're going to create more of those opportunities, I'm sure. Um, and... I'm getting kind of a wink confirmation from Pastor Alex Claude in the front row. So I just, you know, making sure I'm in alignment here, having the executive here with us. So, um, and so it's going to be, um, it's going to be great to continue. But in, in closing here this morning, um, let, let's all stand together. And what I would like you to do is if you could pray uh, over us, uh, courage, or whatever that you feel the Holy Spirit leading. And then, Nathaniel, I'm going to have you kind of pray um, into this kind of next generation of those gathered here at church, uh, but also over our nation uh, as well. We appreciate that. And then we're, we'll, all, we'll all pray for you guys as well as we, we end out here this morning. Father God, thank you for this place. Thank you for this, this, this alive church. Father God, I bring, bring all of us before your holy throne and show us, show us the true meaning of this end time and really what, what we've been called in this last hour. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I bless every man, every woman, every young and child with your with your perfect will perfect destiny because there is nothing worse than to miss your destiny and i bless all of you all of us with courage beyond anybody's understanding in the name of jesus christ this is the best time to be alive because we were called for such a time as this. Amen. Amen. Come on. Father God, thank you for this church. Thank you for this young generation that you're raising up. Thank you for the revival that you're bringing. I pray for boldness in the young generation and for this entire church. I pray that you bring the spirit of liberty back because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I pray that you raise up this generation like the pastor was saying before, train them up in war so that they might be, they may be prepared for what's coming next. I pray that when persecution comes their way, you will give them courage like they've never felt before and that they will be ready to face it. And I pray that this testimony emboldens them and gives them heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
incredible. Why don't we, uh, why don't we just extend our hands towards this, this uh, family represented here. Father, I thank you for your anointing and your covering. You've walked with them this far. First of all, we declare uh, freedom to their husband and dad. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, house arrest is ending, freedom is coming. Uh, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for that. I ask those chains to be loosed right now over their life. But God, I thank you that you continue to raise their voices up for this hour and this moment across Canada. Let the pastors arise. Let pastors arise from sea to shining sea across Canada, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, let the American church continue to have their back, be the neighbor to their friends up north. But God, I pray, let courage fill the backbones of the church in Canada. Let the pulpits be set on fire once again and let them rise up to resist the madness of a godless, secular culture that has tried to pacify the church. But God, I pray that there's a rattling happening in Canada. There are dry bones that have been standing in pulpits that God, you are removing or you are awakening, but let life come to your church in Canada again. Let fire fill it. Let it be ablaze. Let people say, man, if you want to go to a church alive, man, the church in Canada is something special. God, let that be the word of the Lord over that nation. We pray right now. I pray for the removal of Trudeau and every single corrupt government leader right now in the name of Jesus. Let corruption fall again in this beautiful nation we call Canada and God I thank you that we would receive the courage and the warning in our own nation that we would stand that we would bring the gospel back to the halls of liberty once again we pray in Jesus name and everybody said amen amen church let's give it up for this incredible family wow what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.